0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Lost Impostulation. I'm Nievitz Patrick, and joining me as always, he is dreaming of getting a Greg-like induction to the Roy family, but has uh, has been waiting too long. Uh, it's, it's becoming
1: less and less likely. It's Nicola Volby. Yes, yeah. uh, it's good to be back. It is cringeworthy. I've been waiting for that invitation for about five years now. I can just imagine uh, yeah.
0: you watching the show, taking notes, being like, okay, here's how yeah. I'm getting in. How, yeah. how
1: can I get in, right? I mean, yeah. Greg manages to do it, and...
0: He's just a cousin, right? I wouldn't so, say no to being Greg. Like, if you watch Greg in, in the seasons, he's having a good time, actually.
1: I think so. Yeah. I think so. In all the seasons throughout. And uh, one of the best one-two punches on TV, him and Tom. Unbelievable. I want to see them in a, in a production of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern
0: are dead. That'd be a nice... That uh, <laughs> could be something. That's a deep cut
1: right there. They're talking yeah. about spinoffs with the two. Uh, I'd, I'd watch it. Yeah. I'd watch it. And big shout out to Tom uh, Wazgams. Wamsgans. Wamsgans yeah. from St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, the character. The character, not the, yeah. actor, no, who's, the who's actor who's British. British. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, it's funny enough, the people listening will probably have already
0: watched, whereas I haven't. So on that note, let's cut this one short here before I hear any spoilers. Let's
1: do that, because uh, I was just about to serve one up on a silver platter for you know,
0: No, no, <laughs> never. But here we are. We're back postulating once again. And uh, what an episode we've
1: got in store for the listener. Yes, yes, we do. So listeners, today we are going to kick off a brand new series, which is The Country of Pop culture, what do we call them? Tier list? Tier list, or, yes. Yeah. I was going to say report yeah. cards, but that's eh, a Tier list is good too. Schooling at least
0: yeah it's a review system it's it, 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 as you can hear we're working on the, the finer details <laughs> but work in progress i can tell you the structure
1: is great the structure is golden and it's going to be great so uh looking forward to that absolutely absolutely so rolling out more of that ip here for oh, you today yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and will be great to know what you think as always uh, you can find us at uh, lost in gmail.com you can tweet at us at that's at impostulation. no lost don't get lost in the way there. No. that is at impostulation. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we're here now, Neil. We're gonna kick things off as ever with a mundane postulation. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. Neil, you are a big coffee drinker. Uh, right? Would you call yourself For my that? sins, I am indeed, yeah. Yeah. How yeah. many
0: a day? Now it's only the quantity wise only two. So okay. it's, not, it's not actually the quantity that kills me. It's the level of time I spend on it because I'm one of those complete freaks who spends like 10 minutes per glass okay. per cup of coffee. Okay. Yeah. I do my whole pour over thing. It's, it's yeah, it's well, it's quite embarrassing. Actually, a lot of people uh, have made fun of it,
1: but uh, it's all good. I love it. I'm obsessed. That's good. That's good. Uh-huh. But that leads to my question. You are from a country mm-hmm. where 86, I think I saw 86% of people are prevalently tea drinkers. Absolutely. How did you come about to be such a coffee lover? Because I've also never seen you actually having a tea no, in real I, life. No, I don't have them. So in Ireland, for those who don't know,
0: our tea is the absolute default, one of the highest per capita consumptions of tea in the world, along with breakfast cereals. Ireland is a little bit of a goat. Breakfast cereals, Yeah, yeah. Really? yeah. It's a little of a side note there, but Ireland is, is the goat of few things, but oh. uh, tea and <laughs> cereal consumption is one of them or two of them. In any case, in Ireland, tea is the default. You've got the fault in front of you there, which is if you need a cap caffeinated beverage, you're going tea every time. And I was Mm. one of those people. So I literally didn't really know about coffee at all, even until the age of 18, 19 brew methods. What is instant coffee? All these things I just
1: didn't know. Probably a good thing that you didn't know what instant coffee was.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like probably dodged a bullet there. Although instant coffee is getting better as a side note, I can come back to that. Anyway, uh, short long story short, or short story shorter, I moved to Belgium. And only then actually was introduced to the wonders of the coffee machine. So even in my professional career, Mm. I had only been drinking tea. I'd never gotten into that. I'll grab a cup of coffee now before the meeting thing. Uh, But the Belgians swung me around and within a very short amount of time, it it takes no time for the addiction to build up actually. And just suddenly I was a a three, four cup a day coffee drinker in Belgium. Yeah. And that, that was now a long time ago, nearly 10 years ago. But ever since I've been firmly into coffee. However, it was only in COVID that I developed my now disgustingly nerdy uh okay hobby that i that i've fallen down the rabbit hole on okay. but uh, so yeah tea unfortunately i can't get Barry's or lions here those are the two brands in ireland that everyone's divided over
1: ah, so you remain a tea snob even though you're not having tea anymore
0: yeah or at least everyone it's like like many things in ireland it has two sides where a civil war has has arisen over which is better and half the country thinks it's lions and half the country thinks it's it's berries yeah. i'm a lions guy which i know will also attract a lot of hate from the, the irish the green uh, yeah, box yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah okay. exactly a lot of people swear by Barrys i just think it's worse but in wow. any case uh, i do enjoy alliance and when i go home i'm all about alliance if i'm in dublin or, or or anywhere in ireland however here if i have a chance it's it's coffee every single time it's coffee and i think most of the listeners because i know our demographics are a bit spread out around the world but i think most of our most of our listeners are from coffee heavy countries actually mm-hmm. if i remember rightly it's only ireland and, and the uk and a few other places that are tea heavy i think or like right. tea uh, tea winners
1: are you a big tea guy I was actually um I didn't really like coffee till 3 or 4 years ago mm. so my go to when I like started working mm. was uh, was just to pop the the tea bag into the yeah, yeah. warm water and have that yeah and you, you know. like
0: for you I think you've always said you're kind of energized enough as it is and the last thing you need is to be hyped up on on caffeine because you're already like good to go you know right also pretty exactly. much at exactly. least that's my impression of me.
1: Yeah, yeah unless we're doing a super boring podcast then Which, you know uh, i might need to inject a little bit good thing that's never happened <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah and then i think uh, three or four years ago it started with the coffee i'm still like quite moderate so i'll have the the morning one with a bit of milk and then i'll just have an espresso after lunch uh but very that's italian. about it yeah, yeah very yeah. italian and that's the funny thing i came up in a house where my parents were at some points maybe even peaking at four or five coffees a day mm. and mm. like espresso we're talking Serious like stuff. heavy stuff yeah, right yeah, yeah. but i never really got into it and then uh, i came around to it three or four years ago but you're not a pour over guy like you you haven't done that no kind definitely of... not i'm only mm. kind of doing you know the the espresso is the base uh, I, of everything i
0: still really feel though that most people who say they're not into pour overs they just haven't tried it a lot you know tell me on it well, it's just by far, it's a it's a never-go-back experience. Like once you've brewed a bit of pour over at home and use specialty coffee for it in a good grinder and a good kettle and all that, and you'd use a good technique or a, or a consistent brew method like Aeropress or a V60 or Chemex, the results you get are just night and day miles away at least for me from even an americano or even an espresso based like drink okay um because you're not using things like sugar or milk or anything to neutralize what is a very consistent and balanced flavor from the coffee itself due to that brew method so it's just way 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 better it's a drink that you enjoy in the same way as wine it has such depth to it and such complexity that you can really sip it and enjoy the notes there's tasting notes on every specialty coffee bag you buy so like once, as, as you can hear, once you get into it, it's uh, a bit of a rabbit hole and you can spend a lot of money on it as well, on the gear, on the beans, yeah. on the equipment, all that. But for me, it's like the highlight of my day, especially if I work from home and I, I wouldn't give it up now for, for anything.
1: Yeah. But indulge my ignorance for a second on the difference between what you call a pour over mm. and the Americano that I would have. So an
0: Americano is essentially just an espresso with boiling water poured onto it. Right. So it's just a lungo. It's a lungo espresso. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I think a lungo even has less water than an Americano. An Americano Mm -hmm. is like a double espresso with a a lot of boiling water. Right. A pour over is using significantly, well, actually it can be the same amount of coffee, about 18 grams per, uh, what would that be? 500, no, per 300 mils of, of okay. water, right? So, but it's about the same ratios you uses as, as espresso, but the difference is you're grinding it more coarsely. You're pouring boiling water over it slower. It filters through some kind of a filter like paper usually. And that, okay. that brings out an extremely, uh, Aromatic, very strong, higher concentration of caffeine, higher extraction of flavor than an espresso. Even uh, less less pressure, but more heat, more or not more heat, more uh, agitation of the grounds. Right. Okay. So uh, it's extremely uh, enjoyable to get into. Also, wow. it's meditative. It's quite a calming procedure. The, the pouring <laughs> is quite uh, quite relaxing. I use a gooseneck kettle, which is uh, allows for the accuracy oh, of the pouring. This is incredible. And I, you've never seriously. made me one, so this is amazing. Yeah, shocking. Yeah, I yeah. I have gotten into it more uh, brewing for for larger groups, but it, it's a very personal thing too, you know. So does
1: do two of your pour overs in terms of caffeine content then equal four of my coffees? Is that what you're getting Uh, The highest level of caffeine you can get, it goes pour over, then it goes
0: instant. Coffee, funny enough, and huh? then it goes espresso. Okay, yeah, so enough.
1: it's a myth when you hear people saying, uh, "I don't do espresso because uh, oh, it's yeah. just uh, like too strong."
0: A, a lot of it is is psychosomatic, I think, wow, or like yeah. uh, caffeine in general. Like everyone has rules, like you and I, that after two o'clock or after three or whatever, I don't do it. It yeah. messes with my sleep, and that is often the case, but it also often isn't. Like you can also just very individual, right? Yeah, you can yeah. just break that rule and you'll be fine. You know, like right. have coffee after dinner and you'll be asleep in a few hours. Like th- it's not like a hard and fast thing i think caffeine is is quite magical and interesting in many ways but uh, very few things in life i think are just like hard and fast rule and uh, caffeine is also a little bit uh, interesting like that but, yeah. okay so love geez we uh, we have covered coffee and only touching the surface from my point of view but yeah we'd love sounds to, like uh, it would love to do more on it and also prepare more for a, a deeper discussion on it sometime this was all off the dome so hope i didn't get too much wrong here but
1: uh, in any case well you know how it is yeah even if you got a little bit wrong they come for, they you. Come for you they do every they time
0: merciless listeners love it no don't stop keep that coming listeners we like the uh <laughs> we like being held to <laughs> a high standard keep listening yeah, yeah yeah
1: please yeah but yeah geez coffee over tea i'm a coffee all the way yeah that's awesome good so what do you say we take a quick break and then we come back with our first ever country pop culture tier list. list Neil, welcome to Sweden.
0: <laughs> we, I thought we agreed we weren't going to do this. <laughs> uh, sorry to all the Swedes who listen, and uh, that is not us making fun of uh, of, a, of a very nice accent, actually. Absolutely not. It's no. it's an
1: honest effort.
0: And it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful country with a beautiful accent, as well as a beautiful language that they speak themselves. Uh, we're delighted here to be talking about Sweden. It's a Sweden deep dive. It's a Sweden deep dive, and it is the first of our pop culture tier list. This is exciting because ultimately what this gets us towards is the definitive ranking of all the countries. Now, I'm not saying we're going to do every country in the world. That might be a stretch, but over time, our list will get longer and we'll be able to definitively say objectively. Objectively. Objectively, what countries are better than others. That's exciting. In terms of pop culture. Exactly. It's just a shame that for this first one, it's all in a vacuum like we this is our first one so we'll have a score here for sweden across multiple categories but that won't really mean anything in isolation because it's not relative to anything so as we go on i think as we do more of these they'll become just incrementally more fun each time yeah but that's not to say this one won't be fun this will be a lot of fun
1: no absolutely and listeners you'll you'll learn with us as we go not just about sweden but also about how we rank these things in mm-hmm. essence what we've done is we've chosen five core categories which make up the template on which we evaluate every country. Uh, And then we have kind of a wildcard category to up or or downgrade uh, a country's pop culture efforts. The categories are as follows, music, film and TV. That's one category, literature, cuisine and sport. Now, for each of these categories, Neil and I will uh, review what their contributions have been. And we will give them a score of one to five, depending on those uh, contributions. Starting with one, which is little significance in terms of the uniqueness and success from a pop culture perspective that that country has provided in that category, all the way to five, which is we cannot imagine a world without that country's contributions in that category coming up to a total of 30 points when we include also the wild card. And that will allow us to start tiering every country on earth. Bear with
0: us for the 200 episodes or so that, uh, that exactly. We'll on it. exactly. Neil, how do you feel about this? I'm actually hugely excited. I hope we do Sweden justice. I hope we, uh, The Swedish listeners will let us know, I'm
1: sure, but I hope we they come away feeling that we've given it a fair uh, fair treatment here. Absolutely, absolutely. Any initial thoughts uh, on Sweden before uh, we provide our listeners with a quick one minute summary on the country?
0: Hmm. I think um, broadly speaking, most people out there in the world are sleeping on Sweden. Basically, you know, like I I think just to be to be speaking very broad strokes, right? Sweden has a number of dark horses out in the world, and we'll, we'll get into a few of them here, who have despite maybe not being household names, have had an influence on the world, which is like second to none almost in some of these categories, as well as just being an amazing country to go and visit, to meet the people, to, to mm-hmm. experience. I just think in many cases when people are booking holidays, when they're booking trips, you know, for some reason, they their mind, even in the Nordics, goes elsewhere. They even go to Helsinki or they go to Oslo or Copenhagen right. or, or even Iceland before they go to Sweden, kind of. I think that's a shame. So
1: that's my, that's my top line summary, let's say. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, I think from my perspective, Stockholm, a top tier European city, Mm. fantastic place to spend some time, weekend trip, whatever you like. 100%. Yes. So listeners, we're going to start everything off courtesy of our sponsor, Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia by providing you a quick one minute snippet on the country. Neil, are you ready? I think so. Yeah. All right. You timing me? Let's do it. Sweden, formerly the Kingdom of Sweden, is a Nordic country located on the Scandinavian Peninsula in Northern Europe. It borders Norway to the west and north, Finland to the east, and is connected to Denmark in the southwest by a bridge tunnel across the Öresund.
0: We love that bridge tunnel. That's a great bridge We've been on it many
1: times. Oh, many, yeah. Expensive to go on, though, unless you're riding the train.
0: But still. Amazing.
1: Worth it. Every time. At 447,425 square kilometers that's 172,000 square miles sweden is the largest nordic country the third largest country in the european union and the fifth largest country in europe that's insane it's massive people if you flip forget that it, too yeah? yeah yeah and you flip it you get to rome or something right yeah i think even further you get yeah. almost to, to sicily so uh, almost to africa exactly yeah ridiculous the capital and largest city is stockholm sweden has a population of just 10.5 million people As a result, it has a low population density of 25.5 inhabitants per square kilometers. That's 66 per square mile. A lot of empty space there. Very sparse. With around 87% of Swedes residing in urban areas, which cover just 1.5% of the entire land area in the central and southern half of the country. Jeez, there you go. Welcome to Sweden. Welcome to Sweden. Who needs Lonely Planet? Wikipedia is need, jeez. Yes, uh, thank you once again to our sponsor, Wikipedia. The oh, Encyclopedia.
0: and they paid big bucks for that, yeah. Oh,
1: the, as they do good yeah. things, yeah, yeah, Wikipedia, yeah. you definitely, know. Definitely, that for-profit organization, yes. Good. So, should we get into our first category, Absolutely. Neil, about Sweden? I'm ready to go, yeah. First category is
0: music.
1: And you can't say music in Sweden without saying ABBA. Yeah the GOAT of Swedish music, uh, as far as I'm concerned at least. They are the best-selling band originating in continental Europe. Wow, I didn't know that actually. Isn't that something?
0: That's quite huge, yeah, because yeah. that's no small feat. There's still uh, quite a lot of bands to yeah. be
1: included in that list. Absolutely, but think if you take, you know, y- what you could say in terms of impact as far as bands mm. or, you know, groups of four go. Yeah, We're talking, beatles level impact to an extent right if you're looking at how many number ones they have when Mm -hmm. you take an abba greatest hits yeah and if you're at any party wedding whatever and you want a great way to bridge the generational divide Mm. play some abba Everyone will love it and be on the desk. hundred
0: percent. My, like, ABBA has has kind of creeped back into my life very uh, strongly recently. I was on a, I was at a karaoke bar in Copenhagen a few weeks ago, and we were there for quite a few hours, actually, I I will admit. It was great. And uh, the only artist that was played, sorry, the only song that was played multiple times was ABBA, ABBA Songs. So you cannot, like any karaoke bar in the Nordics, I would argue, you can't get through a night without ABBA, if not two or three times the same ABBA songs. Unbelievable stuff.
1: Absolute legends. And they started by winning uh, uh, Eurovision, actually, with the song Waterloo.
0: Yeah, what a song, though.
1: Unreal. Like,
0: really. And I I hold the Eurovision not in too high esteem, as as many, I suppose, don't Mm -hmm. these days. But still, there are a few gems in that history, and ABBA absolutely smashing it every single time is... uh, is part of it.
1: Jeez, they're so good! Like, Absolutely fantastic. For yeah. anybody that is interested, there is an Abba museum in Stockholm, uh-huh. uh, which I went to actually with my father. We had really? a few hours to kill one afternoon, and yeah. uh, he and got it's... his picture taken with with Benny and uh, Agneta and yeah. all the others. And and is it worth like it's a good museum? Yeah, it,
0: uh, it was all right. I okay. mean, okay. it's like yeah.
1: borderline wax museum territory. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Still, but maybe you like wax museums. Uh No comment. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair yeah. enough.
0: But yeah, Abba, I think you can't say enough good about it. Also, as a musician, as a bassist, my God, there's some serious uh, bass lines in it. It's, um, I can't remember the bassist's name, but like there's some great YouTube clips of the bassist on uh, Dancing Queen just playing mm-hmm. the clip a few years hence after having recorded it. And I've tried to learn that bass line myself and it's deceptively difficult. It's It goes all okay. over the place. It dances like crazy and it's like just a, a, an amazingly uh, put together song. So yeah, I just think Abba, there's not much more I can say other than I'm just permanently in awe of them and think they're amazing.
1: Absolutely. One of Sweden's greatest exports when we Absolutely. talk about music. Others, let's call them the also-rans, mm-hmm. are Europe, Rock Set, uh-huh. Ace of Bass, and Eagle Eye Cherry. Eagle Eye Cherry was a surprising one on this list. Uh-huh. Save
0: tonight. Another, now, a few one-hit wonders in here. I mean, Europe, beyond what? The final countdown. Do they have other songs? I think they have like one or two other songs, maybe. Yeah,
1: but I would say yeah. they're really final countdown based. 100%. Right?
0: 100%. Yeah. and as a little side note if I may take us off the Sweden train for one second Uh, good friends of the show uh, run a podcast called The Fine Ale Countdown if anyone is interested uh, just plugging a different podcast here just to uh, if anyone's interested in beer reviews uh, a group of Irish guys uh, friends of mine doing a a beer podcast so The Fine Ale Countdown heavily inspired by The
1: Final Countdown
0: uh, by Europe fantastic fantastic
1: I love the play on words there so yeah Europe very much Final Countdown Roxette do you remember Roxette?
0: I can't say I do actually I'm not great with Roxette do you want me to throw one Out there yeah, for you,
1: yeah, yeah. Listen to your heart, yeah, yeah. See, there you go. Like, these are all like
0: you'd know these songs instantly, right? Once right. you hear them, but for some reason, Roxette doesn't really occupy a big space in my
1: brain, yeah. You know? All right, all right, that's neither fair. with Ace of Bass, actually. I have to say, Ace of Bass, um, I'm, I'm not gonna give that one out for you because um, you don't yeah because i don't yeah. remember <laughs> exactly yeah
0: yeah <laughs> but you can like share
1: shout out that's save tonight that's a that's a banger that's uh i was at a wedding actually two years ago where they played uh save tonight mm. and everyone went insane it's like head banging air guitars yeah, yeah, yeah. never seen something like it, it. It's, it's an amazing a, song
0: it is a great karaoke song as well as are many swedish songs in fact great well, there karaoke there songs yeah the country yeah.
1: of karaoke there you go yes yeah Um. along with that Sweden is the second most successful successful country ever at Eurovision with six uh, wins. That's pretty good. Six S- is good. Second, only to Ireland.
0: Ireland has so so seven. I mean, the only the only sad thing about that is like that's a stat that has its days are numbered, and we're never winning again. Basically, unfortunately, unless unless or the somebody, Irish. Yeah. 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 Uh, sorry. When I say we, of course, I mean uh, <laughs> me being Irish. But <laughs> it's it's a shame that we won it over and over and over again. Sometimes multiple years in a row. And then suddenly fell out of favor with Europe and then that was it. So we we haven't come even remotely close to even placing in the top half, I think, since Mickey Joe Hart in 2003 or whatever it was. It's, uh, It's not looking good for us on the Eurovision stage, so... That's a bit sad so i think we're going to lose that record soon enough if sweden probably be the ones to yeah.
1: overtake us they know I'm, what they're doing for them it's a huge deal because they have basically this the lead in how you qualify is through mm. this uh melody festival and exactly, right and exactly. that's like a two-week-long thing basically fully, just to get into to yeah send someone there.
0: fully televised like a huge thing Everyone gets into it yeah so they dress
1: up like yeah they love that stuff, and
0: they put proper production values behind it you can see every year, if you tune into the Eurovision, like Sweden comes, they don't mess around. They didn't come to play. They're here to win every year, you know? Fair play. I'm it's all a, about the music so in impressed. Sweden.
1: And just disclaimer to the listeners, you can write us in with things we haven't mentioned here. We're giving the highlights, right? Because we got a Absolutely. bunch of categories to get through.
0: Basically, we're trying to justify our scores here, right? Right. Exactly. That's what we're, what we're trying to do is to show that we have a,
1: a reason to say what we say about, exactly. uh, about these things. We come into the 2000s, and we have the absolute explode, the rise and explosion of Swedish techno. Insane. Talking yeah. Swedish house mafia, Avicii, rest in peace. Even Bass Hunter. Swedish house
0: mafia, who I'm not a huge fan myself, but did you know they had to be banned from playing in Ireland for a while because they uh-huh. uh, for some reason their concerts started to attract a kind of an undesirable crowd. Really? Which inev- yeah, which inevitably led to a. Uh, to weird violence at at Irish concerts of Swedish house mafia, very wow. strange.
1: Yeah, because I saw them play live, uh, but that was at a festival. That was at Tomorrowland. So okay, yeah, maybe yeah. that's
0: no. But I think it's an Irish thing rather than anything like okay. just that. Uh, yeah, some the, a subset of Irish fans are, are weird. And, the ones uh,
1: that used to watch Eurovision, like maybe not.
0: Maybe, maybe that, not. that Venn diagram <laughs> doesn't quite overlap. But uh, no, that. But that's my main. Um, Understanding of Swedish house, ma- house mafia. Okay, unfortunately, okay. although Avicii, I have to say, that, you know,
1: that's uh, levels, just incredible, unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I I broke a couch actually with uh, from from jumping up too hard at levels at one point, but we won't get into that. You could sue um, for that. That was that was their fault. Completely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The couch's fault or no Avicii's fault? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then now this is something interesting that came out in our research, which. I honestly had zero clue about. Mm. Um, They punch above their weight for songwriting and for producing. 100%.
0: Now, you have to, you can't have this section without talking about Max Martin in particular. Apparently. Now, I'm I'm not going to sit here and pretend I knew who Max Martin was, you know, for many years. I only found this out through Reddit like a few years ago where... There was a Today I Learned about, did you know that one Swedish guy is responsible for basically every massive song from the past 20 years? And of course, that sounds like an exaggeration and it kind of is. But even still, if I just read you this list, you would not believe that one guy wrote all of these songs. So we're talking Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Wow. It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC. Mm. I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. Tune. So What by Pink. And by the way, he did both- So, so What by Pink. Yeah. And he did those two songs in the same year, Kiss a Girl and So What. He was on fire. Uh, he did My Life Would Suck Without You by Kelly Clarkson. He did mm-hmm. Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. Ooh. He did a few other Britney Spears songs like Hold It Against Me. He did One More Night by Maroon 5, Roar by Katy Perry, Dark Horse by Katy Perry, Shake It Off by Taylor Swift, Blank Space by Taylor Swift, Bad Blood featuring Kendrick Lamar, and We Haven't Even Gotten To The Weeknd, which is Can't Feel My Face. He did Can't Stop the Feeling with Justin Timberlake. He did Blinding Lights by the weekend.
1: These have almost all been number one hits at one uh, point or another.
0: These are all uh, number one singles. This is unbelievable. he has 25 Billboard number one Hot 100s to his name. And that's not even mentioning the millions of awards that he's won over the years. He's won won Songwriter of the Year uh, about 12 times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Generally, in fact, every year from 2011 to 2018, he won it this guy is absolutely unstoppable. Max Martin. So has had a little bit of a quiet phase now. So his biggest hit was uh, Coldplay and BTS My Universe in 2021, most recently. So since 21, he hasn't had a number one. So let's give him some time to recuperate and recover. But this man, Max Martin, has single-handedly basically made the careers of most of the household names that we know today, and we don't even know. Unbelievable. I mean,
1: Are The best artists from all over the world going to work with him, and he just happens to be Swedish. Exactly.
0: Look at that. Just an absolute maniac. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I just think, uh, sorry, go on. No, 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 please. No, but it, it's it's not just him. We have uh, quite a few others as well. I was trying to find the producer of the uh, Childish Gambino song Redbone, if you remember that. It's another, yes. another guy. Uh, he was also
1: Swedish. Yeah, he
0: did the music for Black Panther as well. Okay. Really? Yeah. I'm uh, I'm going to have to quickly search. But in any case, long story short, we're talking uh, a country that punches way above its weight.
1: It sounds like it. Absolutely. absolutely. Musically in total. And yeah. then we also have a way to listen to music, which came from Sweden. And that is Spotify, where some of you are listening to this podcast. Right stuff.
0: now. So th- talk about uh, meta. Like we, we were praising Spotify, not only in the last episode saying how uh, what a great platform it is especially now for podcasters as they're pivoting towards that where we have more uh, interactivity in the platform we can do Q&As and polls etc it's absolutely uh, the in my view the premium the best music streaming service there is. And absolutely. I know that's a bit controversial here in Denmark. Most people use iTunes, but, or the Apple Music Store, as it's called now. Mm-hmm. But in any case, I, I'm personally so sold on
1: Spotify as a service. I think it's fantastic. It, it changed the game. And, 100%. you know, Apple had to actually adopt a ton of its tactics exactly. to, to be able to be relevant in that space, though. We do love that. The disruptors. Yeah, absolutely. But
0: in any case, we're now, uh, yeah, with their household name, once again, Sweden putting itself on the map with not only music, but music streaming services. And of course, in a way, it's, it's not surprising that it comes from Sweden because uh, what a strong country for music. And I guess that brings us actually to, towards the end of the section because we're talking
1: five stars, at least from my point of view. Yeah. So, I mean, five is we cannot imagine a world without the, those contributions. Mm-hmm. I was originally leaning towards four, which is highly influential on a global scale. But can I imagine a world without Swedish techno? Plus ABBA, plus Max Martin, our Uh producer, plus Spotify. Honestly, no. I mean, it's a five for me. It's a
0: five. Like they had a five already with ABBA and everything else was a bonus. I almost wish that we could go higher than five, but we
1: can't. But we can't. We need to play within the realms of this system. There's rules, but a five, this will put, no matter what happens on the next category, it will place Sweden into the tier of the most musically relevant countries on earth. In fact, it's, it's currently
0: our goat on the list. Because it's yeah, number the one. Now, what'll be interesting is after we've done a few and say, let's say there's multiple fives, we may have to go back and say, right, let's sort this list out. You know, if we yeah. have multiple fives on music, after, say, we do five or six countries, then we got to... Then the bracket comes into Yeah, play. we'll have to do a uh, playoff of some kind. Absolutely. But before we Great. jump off music, it was Ludwig Garnson, just to... Uh, Ludwig Garnson. So okay. Everyone who doesn't know him, look him up. He's done some amazing stuff, let alone
1: uh, Redbone and Fantastic. Black
0: Panther soundtrack. There we go. Had to make sure I got that in.
1: Fantastic. So here we are to our second category, which is film and TV. Fantastic. Again, we're not having everything here, listeners, but just some highlights.
0: Not everything everywhere, all at once. No, no, exactly.
1: Done with that. Yeah. Starting with directors, the legend,
0: Ingmar Bergman. Yeah. Wish I could claim to be a scholar of his works and had a, an extensive back catalog of views here. I, I, I haven't and haven't. I've seen a few, but that's about
1: it. Fanny oh. and Alexander, for yeah, example. Yeah, I've seen, uh,
0: that's actually on streaming services, actually. So I need to uh, I need to just
1: sit down and uh, put three hours aside and watch that, actually. It's, yeah. uh supposed to be absolutely incredible yeah it's it's a good movie i mean i don't think it plays to everybody's tastes in this century but uh you can definitely see do we like to make analogies we We like to make analogies analogies. we We could call ingmar Bergman, in terms of his influence on european cinema Uh the swedish alfred hitchcock Mm,
0: yeah i I picked that up that's uh i I at least Like I'm sure saying that. The Swedes
1: will love that, but
0: in any case, I haven't seen I don't think a huge amount of his movies dare I say any in fact. however, I've heard enough about film and film history and and basically done enough film studies courses and such that i I know that he's had an insanely uh, important role in film history
1: and his influence lives on so there was even uh I think eighteen months ago there was an HBO series with Jessica Chastain and mm. uh, and Oscar Isaac mm. called Scenes from a Marriage. Which ah, uh, was actually, ah, you know, inspired remake. by yeah, uh, yeah. by Bergman's work. Yes, remake, and it became like a six part miniseries. Heavy uh-huh. stuff, though.
0: No, sorry, I I tell a lie. To that point, I have seen one, The Seventh Seal. Saw that when I was okay. uh, a youngster. Lovely, uh, very um, out there portrayal of uh, someone navigating the circles of hell. It's uh, quite quite like for a movie made in '57, I think it was here. Uh, a bit, a bit probably I wasn't ready for it. I was a bit too young for it, but.
1: I can say that I have one in my list. So there we go. Okay. But well, uh, we have some homework to do, it seems. Yes, yeah. it does. We need to catch up on Ingmar Bergman, the modern day Ingmar Bergman from Sweden being Ruben Ostlund. Oh, there we go. And you love uh, People
0: are begging me to shut up about Ruben Ostlund because I just keep mentioning him at every opportunity in my life as well as uh, on this podcast. Triangle of Sadness, the square, force majeure,
1: just incredible. Force majeure number one for me. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: a home run. And yeah. we never talk, and we will not talk about the American remake of *Force Majeure*, which exists. No, yeah. with
1: Will Ferrell and uh, uh,
0: and Julia louis It's it Disgusting. <laughs> Nothing against those or actors or actresses, but uh, no, that's uh, that's a no thanks for me. Will Ferrell, funnily enough, married
1: to a Swede. Yeah, I wonder. For many years.
0: Is there? I wonder. Is there anything to that? Is that how, how it ended up getting made? Did he maybe see the movie and be like, "I got to be in this. I got to yeah. be in the remake of this." His
1: Swedish origins are like a big thing about his brand now. You yeah. see him also being like the face of a fintech company in Copenhagen yeah. called Lunar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he alludes to all of that. So he's I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, he's hanging around here for sure. Hanging yeah, yeah, around here for sure. Keep there an eye. Keep an eye. out. <laughs> yes. But in any case,
0: like for the two people. Left in the world who haven't heard me rave about Triangle of Sadness or Ruben Ostlund in general, just get on it. Have yes. a good time. Go exactly. see, Go see Exactly.
1: Uh, and listeners, remember here we're talking about global impact. I'm sure there's always directors, actors, actresses, which, you know, within Sweden uh, hold outsized influence, but here we're talking about global impact. Exactly. Uh, you want to hear about the actors and actresses? Yeah, hit me up. Ingrid Bergman from way back in the day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Dolph Lundgren, Neil. Yeah. Do you remember Dolph?
0: I do. Like, that's one you would kind of not directly, at least for me, I wouldn't go right. to Sweden straight away. Well, because yeah. you think
1: Ivan Drago, so exactly. you think Soviet Union, exactly. but he's Swedish. Sneaky. very a legend sneaky, of the yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, the Scorsgaard family. Huge. The father and two sons and I think even brothers and Fireing all over the place. all cylinders, these guys. Yeah, Talk about absolutely. cleaning up in Hollywood, yeah. All Jeez. over the place at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Uh, Alicia Vikanda, mm. who our friend Roy from Chicago wrote us about a exactly. couple of weeks ago. Who uh, I had
0: to kind of Google a bit, but yeah. uh, I understand that she's been Lara Croft and uh, a few other things. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely. So she's very relevant at the moment. She's one of the touted as one of the next big female movie stars yeah. in hollywood well, there you go yes um and then the other thing i have here is uh on tv the half of the television series mm-hmm. the bridge arguably the good half you could say or at least uh,
0: from what i remember i watched a bit of the first season and i remember thinking that all the swedish parts and the swedish characters were a little bit more compelling a little bit more interesting yeah that's true do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. i feel it i think so the they, I need won't to get like into it? no they certainly won't mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's but, a last cause well, with me, exactly. and, me and the Dames. Exactly. Uh,
1: yeah. There you go. So that's on film and TV. Yeah.
0: You can tell we, we have had less less energy for this one. Yeah. No offense to Sweden. I just mean, not so much from Sweden on this one in yeah, terms of global impact. If I was being brutally honest, if, if it wasn't for Ruben Ostland, I would actually be hovering towards a really low number here just because there are so many other countries where I would go way higher. Right. Know? So I'm going to let Ruben pull my score up a bit Ooh. and I'm going to go... Because of those three films that
1: I mentioned earlier on, Triangle of Sadness, The Square, Force Majeure, I'm going to go with a three. A three. So somewhat significant in terms of uniqueness and success. Especially because of that recent Oscar nomination for Triangle of Sadness. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with a two. Significant in terms of success. Not yeah. so much uniqueness. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely more, think you know, the contribution has been... Yeah. Relatively limited, as you would expect from such a small country. So yeah. they did the op- it was the opposite effect, of course, yeah. on on music, right? So sure. a bit, maybe a influence. victim of that success. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah two for me. So that gives it a 1.5 from us.
0: Ooh, no. Is that right? 2.5. A 2.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yes, listeners, <laughs> uh,
1: we are a bit lost fact in postulation. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Life fact-checking. So that's film and TV. Our next category is literature, Neil. Mm, yeah
0: uh-oh <laughs> we flagged this one at least i flagged this one before we started thinking uh we at least for me i won't have too much to um to postulate upon here okay but happy to be brought yeah. along for the ride
1: yeah. that's okay i grew up this is very emotional for me i grew hmm. up with my father reading me bedtime stories from astrid Linden, Wow. um pippi longstockings emil there's Who's a- Emil?
0: Is that uh, also is that uh, in the is is Emil in the Pepe Longstocking? No, Emil is Emil. Okay, okay. No, it's
1: another. Uh, it's a guy. How do you call it? Yeah. franchise okay. within the Astrid Lincoln uh, verse. Your the, verse, exactly. The longstocking verse. Um, yeah. a, a, more than a hundred million copies of her book sold in over eighty countries. I mean, uh, that's impressive. Yeah. And there's a lot of IP there, right? So there's been a ton of Pippi yeah. Longstocking shows, films for kids, etc. I think yeah. like outsize influence in terms of that.
0: And do we have time? Maybe let's take one minute. Can you sell me on Pippi Longstocking? Like, what? Why do people like it, or her?
1: Pippi Longstockings is very much a free-spirited young lady mm-hmm. coming from a sailor father. Okay. And you just kind of follow her adventures all over the place. And very inspiring, I think, for a lot of kids uh, while they're growing up. Uh, Very friendly as well. This is before all The kids' characters had to have superpowers, and uh, right, exactly. Yeah, she's just exactly.
0: getting up to all sorts of stuff, basically. exactly. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, just mm-hmm. very feel good, heartwarming, okay, uh, very yeah. yeah, wholesome kind of stuff, exactly. Not, yeah. Nothing scary right? or anything No, no, no absolutely yeah. not. Pippi, okay. long stockings, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, can I highly recommend? You I mean, can, you can, yeah. might not enjoy it as much as you would have, you yeah. know, 25 years ago, I've but... aged out of the yeah. target demo, but yeah, still, yeah. And, and Emil, a great guy as well. I can't really remember what it was about, but uh, just it was a good, right just to me, good guy, exactly. We love Emil, um, and then, uh, another big highlight here uh, is uh, Stieg Larsson mm. and the rise of, of Nordic noir and the and the Nordic crime novels. I'm not saying he brought about that, but he really globalized uh, yeah. that success. It's kind
0: of the same way as like the Dan Brown had, had his role on The Da Vinci Code becoming what, it, what went on to become a cultural success. And then that kind of spawned interest in that genre of thriller books, you know. Similarly, I think The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, etc. Those films also probably introduced a lot of people to.
1: To this genre, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And you had Stephen uh, Fincher actually, yeah, uh right, doing one of them, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, never saw them, but I, uh, you know, hear they're good with Daniel Craig, yeah, yeah, also. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. Surprised that didn't come up in our Daniel Craig uh, deep dive, in, no, in, in exactly, because
1: yeah. it was like in between bonds. And uh, he actually did quite a good job playing yeah. Mikkel blumquist There you go, the protagonist. Did he there. do an
0: accent when he was, uh, uh no, no, he did not. Yeah, I think yeah, he yeah.
1: kept his British one. And, nice. uh, <laughs> good, call. good call, exactly. So Based off of this, what we have, unless you have anything else to add on, on Swedish sadly, literature. Sadly um, not, yeah. And there is a lot of Swedish literature. Of course, it's the home of the Nobel Prize, and they've made sure that a lot of Nobel Prizes in literature mm-hmm. have gone to their very own. Good. But these are, in terms of pop culture, Yeah, uh, what we're highlighting here. Nice, nice, nice.
0: Yeah. Thoughts based on this? Well, I think the the description that we have for our two is quite, is quite accurate here. I would almost veer towards a one here, Ooh. however, however... I'm going to give it a two, meaning significant in terms of uniqueness, but okay. uh, not, so not uh, you know, particularly significant, let's say.
1: So I'm going to say, although there is not that massive scale behind it, uh, I'm going to go with a three, somewhat oh. significant in terms of uniqueness and success. Okay. okay. I think that's fair because we end up with a 2.5. That brings it... Uh, middle of the road on a five-star scale yeah. yeah another 2.5 there we go so sweden well done on literature now neil we get into something very interesting which will probably be one of the most polarizing categories mm. throughout as we get into countries and that's cuisine
0: hell yeah love
1: that so mm. i've uh, i've had the the privilege
0: of spending a lot of time in sweden actually over the last few years yes and uh have had many opportunities to try swedish food of various types and it's great i absolutely love it i think the, the key highlights for me have been the kind of uh, fish or, or marine-based kind of stuff. We've had crayfish parties, which are cray, as the uh, as the name would imply. Uh, I've had all sorts of desserts and cakes and buns and what have you. Semla, Fika. Oh yeah, Fika, huge, obviously. Any conference you go to in Sweden is is punctuated. Each hour almost is punctuated by a break where you go and have coffee and buns or... By diabetes. Absolutely, yeah. It's <laughs> a miracle that uh, the, the blood sugar is, is at a normal level. But all of that aside, where I'm most happy... Culinarily is in an Ikea having some meatballs well there it's, you go it's the highlight of every trip which me. you don't even need to go to Sweden to do I know just but that's, go to your local talk local about IKEA. a global export right you can do wow. this anywhere. Yeah. uh love it absolutely okay. everything about that meal is just fantastic I love
1: it okay so for me I'm actually quite quite strong uh, positive on this it sounds like it yeah. it sounds like it I'm a big fan of fika you know I have a huge sweet tooth so I love when I'm in in Sweden you know staying at a hotel or whatever and mm. you know they ring the bell every couple hours oh there's more fika that uh, yeah. that you yeah, can yeah, take yeah. i love that the meatballs okay i'm not crazy mm. about them uh the smorgasbord uh mm-hmm. for me very similar a sweet yeah. will come for me danes will also come for me but very similar to the danish smurble mm-hmm. um yeah i'm in terms of you know mm, you sound saying a bit lukewarm impact, on this yeah, i'm yeah. very lukewarm i'm i'm struggling because i have oh, swedish no. family now oh, no. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh yeah, that's that's not an easy one, but I'm I I can't give it if I think about all the countries we're eventually going to touch on yeah. and there's going to be relative scoring. I can't rank it too highly knowing what's what's going to be coming, right? And there is also one major negative that we haven't even touched on,
0: which is surstorming. I don't know if you ever had surstorming, did you? Tell me about it it's so for anyone who doesn't know sir is absolutely appalling this is rotten herring in a can yes yeah. yes that when you open it <laughs> you are advised to open it underwater outside in a bucket because the odor of surströming when you open it is absolutely foul and okay. i'm i i wish i was exaggerating but g- genuinely i've
1: i've was exposed to this i've seen a video of you trying to, yeah, uh, to down one actually.
0: exactly my lovely colleagues on a on a team build once uh forced slash highly encouraged me to uh, to try surströmming, and it was the worst thing not only because of the horrible smell which is truly revolting but also the fact that after you eat it it kind of stays with you the taste kind of hangs around you know so it ruins not only that moment but like the rest of your evening basically so i swore at that point okay. uh, i'll never have surströmming again and i will go on a a crusade to stop other people having it which is what i'm doing here now do you like herring Oh yeah, yeah, love Yeah, oh, yeah. I enjoy okay. bit herring. Yeah, yeah. And I know herring is an acquired taste and not for everybody, but like I can, I can enjoy some herring. Okay. But surströming is a joke. It's absolutely ridiculous. What I will give a shout out to though is if you're ever in Malmo, there's a museum of disgusting food, where <laughs> you can genuinely you can go and try uh, all sorts of disgusting food, including surströming. So, okay. If this has piqued the interest of the listener who is ever going to find themselves in Malmo, I do highly
1: recommend that. Well, I will be in Malmo soon. Well, uh, there we you have go. some family there, so. Uh... I wasn't even aware of this museum and been to melma many times it's kicking
0: so. people are talking about it yeah it's yeah, well, uh, it's quite fun
1: yeah. yeah definitely so neil what do we give the swedes on their contributions to cuisine, to cuisine from a pop culture perspective
0: now the only thing is as well how many michelin restaurants how many you know world-beating michelin restaurants do we
1: know from sweden really you know it's it's i'm sure there are great ones yeah. but, but or flip the coin yeah. how many swedish restaurants have you been yeah. to in, in Dublin other, yeah. or London or New York? Yeah,
0: yeah. the more we talk about it, actually, the clearer I'm getting. So mm. unfortunately, despite my high, no, because I have to put my spin on. I can't just be like a robot, right? I have to give a personal touch to it. So I'm going to give it a three, actually. Wow. Yeah.
1: Because this is really like I higher scoring here. I know,
0: I know. I hear all the intellectual reasons as to why it should be lower. But then again, I've had a very positive experience with Swedish food. So very it's a three. three. It's a three.
1: So it's a three from Neil. Yep which is uh, somewhat significant in terms of uniqueness and success nice um i'm gonna give it a one our first one a yeah. little significance in terms of uniqueness and success that doesn't mean mm. i don't like it i'm evaluating yeah. from from that perspective yeah um but no, i do uh, see it i do yeah. see it yeah. so a one from me a three from you yeah. makes this a two on cuisine wow so sweden um i feel kind of bad for sweden now. that music yeah.
0: Yeah, I sure did. <laughs>
1: Should I shouldn't have opened with music. Yeah. Now, the final two categories, what well, we have left is sport and then we have a wild card. Mm-hmm. Sport. I'll I'll drill into this, starting with football, soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the men's national team uh, got second place at the 1958 World Cup, which I believe actually took place in Sweden, really? where they lost to, to Pele's Brazil. Um, Semi-finalists in Euro 1992. So that was the peak of their footballing success. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shout outs now, of course, to Grenoli. Uh, used to play on my my boyhood club, three Swedes together in Milano, ah. very famous Gren, Nordal, and Lidon. Uh, wow. uh, so that's just for all the football nerds out there. Uh, the one you will know a bit better is of course Slatan Ibrahimovic, still playing, also for the Swedish national team last yeah. weekend at age forty-one.
0: Insane, and what a character! Like he's. Exactly.
1: If I think he single-handedly will will bump up the score for me at least,
0: because he's just so odd. Also in a also in a Swedish context, in a country which has. Yanta Law, which is you know the the belief that everyone's roughly equal or like everyone right. nobody's no better or worse than anyone else he is like a complete contradiction of that and everyone's okay with it everyone's like yeah but he's laot that's yeah, fine. He's like, on. it's he's yeah. the one exception it's where a it's godly like godly status yeah, yeah you know? exactly and yeah. he's like so full of himself so arrogant and I, you would think that people would be like oh what an asshole no they're all like he's great we yeah. love him so exactly. he's uh, i love him
1: as the exception to the rule the the special one he is uh there you go yeah. yeah and their their women's national team is becoming a powerhouse mm. always contending for uh for championships at the moment and That's i think really. we'll be we'll be fishing for the first ever world cup uh, later this year actually fantastic yes i've had great experience also with swedish football supporters uh mm. going and, and traveling around i was at a match in france once for euro italy against sweden mm. where 90 percent of the stadium was swedes and they were great. And after the match, they all stayed in the city, even though they lost. And they just had uh, had great vibes with us. I mean, they were yeah, all wasted yeah. out of their minds. But, yeah, uh, but very, not causing any yeah, trouble. Not belligerent. Yeah. It yeah. was very nice to see.
0: Good, because yeah. not every country. <laughs> there'll <laughs> no. be other countries when we get to that to the fans where we'll have a yeah, exactly thing or two negative to say.
1: points maybe for sure. Um, then there's hockey. Actually, uh, hmm. Sweden is very big on ice hockey. It's considered one of the big six countries, along with you know other powerhouses like Canada mm-hmm. and and the US. Their men won the Olympic gold twice, as recently as 1994 and 2006. Hmm. Didn't know about the six. Okay, yeah. nice. So nice. actually, more successful in terms of hockey uh, than football when you're looking at trophies and uh, and medals. Wow. Tennis. We give a shout out to our guy Bjorn yeah, Borg. Lovely of the underwear off the underwear. I know him better for the underwear than the tennis at this point. Yeah, And uh, and then a couple uh, more within the fad sports category, which are huge and sweet. And one mm. is handball, mm-hmm. where they're, along with Denmark, two of the powerhouses, you yeah. know, within Obsessed. European handball. Yeah. Obsessed. Uh, and that's a sport that we gave a shout out to potentially be on the rise uh, yeah, globally, yeah, yeah. right? Watch this space. Yeah. And bandy. Do you know bandy Neil? I of? wish I knew more about yeah. bandy. Yeah. So it's like uh, on this huge rink, much bigger than than a hockey rink, yeah. they Got A bit of a different stick, some different rules, and mm. uh, yeah. it's kind of hockey vibes, though, isn't it? Hockey yeah. vibes, absolutely. Isn't
0: it a bit like uni hockey, or is that something else?
1: No, you something know what I mean? Else. Yeah, okay, no. okay, okay. But bandy, very Brandy. big, Brandy. and then, of course, they're big skiers, yeah, a ton of uh, medals at the Olympics in cross country, but they also had some, some great times with a lady called Person in uh, in downhill skiing sure. uh, in the early 2000s well there you go i've uh
0: i've never had the privilege of going to a swedish ski resort but it is on my list while i'm uh, in this part of the world you know to uh catch a bus from copenhagen at like 6 a.m yeah. and then you get to somewhere like isaberg up in uh yeah or or yeah it exactly. was
1: a uh, runner-up to host the 2026 winter olympics hey, actually. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and like obviously uh, most swedes prefer to go south when when it comes to skiing but i think for a bit of practice. Uh, a bit of you know shaking off the the rust the inevitable rust that I for sure will have when I go skiing i think it might be a,
1: might be a good call for next next winter absolutely that's great so neil we've gotten a bit of the overview on on swedish sport yeah. and uh, what do we think here it's, it's tricky tricky it's tricky
0: and, and we obviously know it's not a 5 let's get that out of mm-hmm. the way and mm-hmm. it's also not a 1 so i think we're right. we're kind of somewhere in the middle here and what i'm really stuck on is is this a 3 or could it maybe be a four?
1: Mm, mm, it's borderline. Yeah. I, I
0: could see why. Highly influential because really like quite influential. It's not like they've, you know, gone and invented any sports that went on to become global, you know, phenomena, mm. but they do have some global names in sport. But then again, then again, if you challenge someone to name five Swedish sports people, you know, because everyone will say Zlatan and they'll say right. maybe a few, few more. Yeah. Bure the older Borg. generation maybe Borg, but yeah, probably exactly. ours not even. Yeah. And then you'll have like a Formula One driver, uh, you know, Ericsson or you know these kind of. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like that's going to hold Sweden back on this one, actually. Unfortunately,
1: sports is a difficult one to score highly on. Let's yeah. let's be honest. There's right? very few yeah. fives on that one. I think, right? Exactly.
0: On. But for that reason, oh, it pains me to say it, but I'm going to have to go to three here.
1: I'll match your three. Yeah. Somewhat significant in terms of uniqueness uh, and success, and I yeah. think, uh, honestly, a big part of that pulling them up there is their success. On the ice hockey rink, yeah. and Slatani Ibrahimovic yeah, probably pulling them out of, you know, putting I think them in the limelight. He's the like 20 he's years.
0: probably what takes it from a two to a three. In fact, you could argue. I would say so.
1: Yeah, I would say so. So that's on sport. Sweden scoring quite well so far. Very well. We're proud of you. Let's also remember, listeners, that there is a per capita. Uh, ranking as well, which we will calculate into all our no scorecards, way. so wow, uh, look at that. you know, to be able to uh, to to be even more objective. Love now, it. Neil, we reserve the sixth category as a wild card, yes, and uh, you this. brought this one forward this time. Do you want to share?
0: Absolutely. So, in the world of, of, uh, of furniture, <laughs> and you know exactly where I'm going now, there is perhaps no bigger player on the world stage, no more impactful player on the world stage than Ikea. And really, like, I, I can't emphasize enough what a fan I am of Ikea. You heard already that I love the meatballs. I don't even particularly love the style of the furniture. So it's not that I'm in love with like their design choices. They're they're nice, they're cool. Every Basically every young person's apartment in Europe, I guess, is full of Ikea stuff. So it, it becomes very samey very quickly. It's not that, it's just that their concept and their consistency and execution is so great, so efficient, so enjoyable, so cool for me to come in and, and see something so different. And so revolutionary in an otherwise very stuffy field, you know, furniture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Often overcome by luxury and and just excess and, and overpriced stuff. You're getting a very compelling price on some pretty compelling furniture. A lot of it, especially if you go one level up from the lowest level in Ikea, you can actually get really good stuff. Good kitchens, good beds, good, good sofas, you name it.
1: Wow. Well, yeah.
0: I just love it. And I think it's so on point. It's so clear in what it is as a brand and what they are here and not here to talk about and do. And no wonder their global success and no wonder
1: everyone has struggled to match them on, on in cheap furniture. It's, uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I've had my beefs with IKEA, but I think IKEA is for Sweden what the export of the Thai restaurant has been for Thailand. Yeah, 100%. It literally it puts the meatballs on the map, like for absolutely for and people, the gingerbread
0: cookies, whatever you want. Exactly, and look at the bravery of their naming choices. Like they have stuck with calling every single item of furniture a Swedish word, an unpronounceable one. Yeah, exactly. Even though it's impronounceable, because they know that that's what people, that's what they're all about. They don't care. And if people are going to just butcher whatever Swedish word their sofa is, they don't care. They're like, well, that's us. Deal with it. You know. So I love that. I I, I buy that. I'm uh, I'm a huge fan. So I'm not saying it's it's the be-all, end-all, best furniture company in the world or anything like that. And as I said, I'm not like the biggest fan of their designs specifically. So for that reason, I'm not giving it a five, but this to me is a four.
1: Okay. I'm giving it a five. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. When the first thing, when you think of furniture, yeah. you think of Ikea. Yeah. Oftentimes, not necessarily us, but when mm. people think of Sweden, they think yeah. of Ikea 100%. and vice versa. So I give it a five. That's huge. Yeah. That is huge. And I've had so much beef with Ikea, yeah, having yeah, to call yeah. them, I couldn't assemble things, also very much due to my own incompetence. Exactly. Um, but, but I'd yeah. rather
0: have a beef with Ikea Then buy an overpriced sofa from Luxury sofa co. you know, like, and wait a month for it to be delivered and all that kind of stuff, you know? So
1: five from you, Uh, five from me,
0: four from you, that's a 4.5 on the wild card. sure is still very generous. And that, that will probably
1: swing Sweden right back up in the rankings. Sweden is right back up in the rankings to a total, are you ready? Drum roll, please, of 19.5. Five. Okay. Out of a possible 30. Out yeah. of a possible 30. So very competitive. Respectable. It, mm-hmm. it is a, a tier three country, which is very strong. <laughs>
0: it sounds like. Hey, it it uh, yeah, I know, I know. It just <laughs> sounds bad when you say tier three, but no, true out of a what is it five tiers we have in total or out of six tiers six tiers yeah yeah. that's two or three
1: yeah very proud of them and then we will also after this of course count the the score per capita but any final reflections on on sweden's contribution to the pop culture and peak sweden potential my reflection is
0: i feel like we were fair and also possibly a little harsh right Mm. due to nothing else other than our own ignorance maybe but then again that is the point of this exercise right it's it's for ignorant people like us to rank these things and exactly. say what impact they've had on us as non-Swedes, you know? Exactly. So I know if I was Swedish listening to this, probably I wouldn't have any hair left at this point because I would have t- torn it all out with frustration of how badly we know things about Sweden, right? But the main point, I suppose, is we're here to talk about it from an outsider's perspective. And that's that's where these numbers come from, right? No, no judgment in Sweden. We love Sweden. And if it happens to come out as a tier three country, okay, you know, that's not the best. But then again nobody's perfect
1: absolutely we'll quickly recap how we got there sweden scored a 5 out of 5 on music a 2.5 on film and tv a 2.5 on literature a 2 on cuisine uh three on sport and a 4.5 on the wild card brought to you by ikea
0: <laughs> amazing i think it's decent i don't there's none there's none of those numbers there that i'm like you know appalled by i think they're all fair you know Absolutely.
1: No, much respect to Sweden. Uh, And it was very fun to do this, to learn about Sweden. Hopefully you all, listeners, also learned a thing or two. And let us know what you think about some of the next countries that should come up in this. Absolutely. I think we'll take the steer from the listeners on that
0: one. So whichever has the most interest for us
1: to do next, I think that's the one we'll do. Absolutely. And remember, listeners, the world is our oyster. And yours. We will come back after this with a parting shot. Listeners, welcome back to Lost in Postulation. Now, before we go, we wanted to dig back into our listener mailbag because we had some old friends reaching back out to us about the topic of holidays, which we touched upon last episode. Absolutely. Let's get into it. Yes. Yeah, so the first one came uh, from Frank from Rhode Island, <laughs> Again, love it. Love it. Uh, he wrote us an email this time uh, and he said that uh, you guys discussed various types of travel settings and I wanted to get your thoughts on taking vacations on a cruise ship. He goes on to say, I did some digging and cruise travel is still recovering since the start of the pandemic. but at its peak there were almost 30 million passengers taking cruise ships for vacation purposes a year. Um, he even provided us with the sources of all his stats, and then he goes on to ask, for the sake of postulation, would you take a cruise, and if so, where would you go? Do you even consider it a holiday setting? Which <laughs> we didn't even mention it last time, so.
0: And it's a a very uh, relevant question. Is it even really a holiday? At least for me, is it a holiday, or is that uh, torture? Mm-hmm. Who knows, right? I don't know. I don't think it's torture though. I think it's it's good that he catches it because we d- we did miss it entirely, and I would consider it a possibility for myself. However, big however, you got to watch out for when a holiday takes the holiday out of the holiday, you know? Like mm. a big part of, of traveling for me is the traveling, you know, of the right. getting from A to B and seeing stuff on the way. And, you know, right. even the little hardships along the way are kind of part of it, you know? Right. And to some extent, a cruise ship is kind of, it's easy mode, right? Which is great. And it suits a certain type of person. And particularly, I think older demographics, it really suits because they can, they can see a lot on a, on a trip that they otherwise right. couldn't really do, right? But I think... Uh, despite the targeted ads I've been getting from cruise ships on YouTube recently I've been actually they're really going after us I think like the the 30 plusers right or let's say late 20s to to, uh, early 30s I still think it's not quite where I'm going to be dropping the the cash Mm. for now right maybe in a few years maybe if I lose the kind of the interest in the wide wide world but uh, yeah
1: went on a few as a kid loved it as a kid because I mean well you got water slides you got whatever you want on on these ships nowadays Um, but you're stopping and to visit places for you know 10 12 hours maybe yeah. right it's yeah. you're only gonna get get some highlights usually so mm. yeah it, it is a holiday setting sure uh, would I take one now probably not mm. no not anymore
0: yeah I think it'll come back like as in it'll come back in relevance for us and for everyone at some point in your life you know but for me for now for you for now I think it's a it's a no yeah. thanks on cruise ships in the meantime thanks to Frank from Rhode Island. Absolutely. Thank you, Frank. We have one more actually coming in from our man on the ground in Helsinki or near there. Unbelievable. We're talking, of course, about Ilka, our, our friendly Finn. Ilka has come back to us on some other uh, holiday topics. He has said, You forgot the Nordic going to cottage holidays, which actually I've, I've never really done myself, but the house mm. trend here in Denmark everyone owns a house, apparently. Everyone owns a second house and it's a summer house yeah, in, in the countryside. It's a big deal. Crazy. Uh, he mentions, and also uh, boats, sailing. And his worst. A camping holiday, which uh, he, he he called that the worst. He said his words, the worst camping holiday. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, he has no time for camping holidays. Not love for the camping. I I I asked him to expand a little bit on it, and he said, thinking about the sailing specifically, it is basically posh camping. He says, which
1: actually is, <laughs>
0: is a huge, huge take from me. Wow! He says one could spend the whole summer in an uncomfortable playhouse size of space and still think that you're better than caravanners.
1: Wow. Okay. Shots fired at the uh, at the sailors. Yeah.
0: Now I'm not a sailor. I haven't uh, ever counted myself in that uh, demographic. Mm. But it doesn't appeal to me objectively. I mean, I've seen the type of the size of boat or size of cabin that you'd have doing like a long term trip around, say the somewhere in Europe, yeah. you know. It would be incredibly isolated, you know? Yeah. And quite uncomfortable.
1: Well, and also quite dangerous. My uh my uncle actually last year or two years ago, he crossed the Atlantic on a sailboat and it's they came quite close to, yeah. to risking it all. Exactly. Uh, my wife used to sail uh while growing up and she's kind of from a family of like mm. of of sailors. Yeah. So maybe from a sporty perspective, I never had the patience to learn it. Yeah. But on a holiday, for me, it's it's veering into that cruise ship direction. Exactly. You really have to love the sea. Yeah. For what it is in terms of the water and the horizon,
0: kind of warts and all, or like that—you take the bad with the good, kind of. You're one of those people who loves the the suffering of it, kind of. Right. Exactly. I think so. I think I would run out of patience like a day into it, and I'd just be like, "No thanks." Yeah. And on the on the summer house, on the summer cottage thoughts there? Big mistake. So one time, one uh, during COVID we we rented a summer house Ah, just for two nights like okay. And even by the end of that second night we were like, Right, that's it. Let's get out of here. Like it I'm sure it's great and and it's kind of aspirational, especially for Danish people, it's like one of the checkpoints in your life when you buy a summer house. It's like something you should do, you know? It's crazy. But for me, That's not on my list, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And if ever I have the opportunity to buy a property, I will probably buy it in a warm place. (laughs) uh, Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I think that that sums it up. But what about you? Are you a a summer house guy?
1: Not a big one. I mean, look, for me to get a summer house in a place where you're not even sure your July is going to be above 20 degrees, meaning the water is even significantly colder. Exactly. It just doesn't hit the spot for me especially in this era where you know flying around europe for mm. example uh yeah. is is probably as cheap as it's been exactly. uh and then once you get to those places actually the the day-to-day living is is cheaper than for example in a nordic country so yeah. for me it's not a big thing i get the pull i mean a lot of it is is tradition for 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 the people here but also a lot of it is somewhere where you can just get out for the weekend yeah. without having to go through all the logistics nightmare of, of flying or, but if you know, you think about it, like, whatever.
0: do you need to own a house for that? Like, you know, is, if, if no. your goal is to occasionally get out and ski right.
1: outside, you,
0: you, you just don't need to own a house for it, right. really. Uh, no, exactly.
1: But, yeah. well, it, it, it's kind of, it goes into that category of, like, you see people saying, oh, now I'm an adult, yeah. Next checkpoint, this. That's you know, know, then that's, buy a house yeah. that's too big for me and get a huge mortgage. Exactly. And, you know, so it's all a bit of it, it can yeah. be a bit of herd thinking, right? I think so. I yeah. think so. I think we've
0: solved it here. We've
1: uh, yeah. once again just solved all the issues with the There world. you go. Yeah. So as Neil would say, guys, take a trip to a city, uh, no matter what. Even if you don't like people. Even if you don't take like a trip to a city. Yeah, we're doubling down on that. Yeah. <laughs> very good, very good. So I think we've wrapped it up. That is our first pop culture category tier list inductee that's Sweden.
0: congratulations to sweden no hard feelings about the score and looking forward to seeing where you rank among your fellow countries in future episodes
1: we'll be back with more soon listeners thank you and until next time